follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Uh, guys, how are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, Shad. Yeah. I suspect that's that's about the best answer we can have. Um, this is being recorded on June 2nd, 2020. So uh, it is a time of great turmoil. And unfortunately... One of the Four Corners podcast um, curses struck us again. Um, there's two curses on the show. One is if we ever try to get my old friend Duke Allstriker on the show, someone in his family almost <laughs> dies. And then the other is um, the if we. Uh, if we talk about something, if we record an episode, any wrestling news breaks pretty much right, af- right after we recorded that week. So um, that's kind of where we have ended up yet again. So um, we're going to be talking about some, some pretty serious stuff. So we'll get back to our shout-outs next week. Our apologies to our uh, affiliates and all that kind of good stuff. But... Um, well, Brad, why don't you, can you give us a little bit of background on what we're going to be talking about this week? So, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we, we briefly touched on it previously, but I wanted to go a little deeper into the, to the Shad uh, Gaspar death later, but the first one we kind of wanted to get into is, um, it's been a week and a half now? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the speed everything's going, I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. This did happen a week and a half ago, and it seems like uh, two, three months ago at this yeah, point. Yeah. Literally every day, there's some craziness. Yeah. So by the way, because uh, I'm I'm in DC, uh, if you happen to hear like sirens going off during the podcast, it's just because it's probably like you know massive police presence moving down the street at some point. Who knows? Are those um, Black Hawk helicopters the New York Times talking about around still? I don't know that there were any Black Hawk helicopters. Um, there was, I think, like a. I think they people did identify like a Lakota. Uh, it had. It had. Um, I saw medical crosses on the video. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Um, there were uh, a friend of mine texted me that there were drones going on uh, around the city, uh, which I didn't necessarily believe, but I did see them out my window um, kind of patrolling the city. They're not, they weren't like predator drones, not like there's going to be a drone strike in DC, but there were uh, like camera drones being around the yeah. city. It was, it was, it was weird last night. Uh, 
I did hear like flashbangs in the distance at points. Uh, things were a little unruly, but uh, it's been quiet so far. So we'll see. But if there might be there might be cop cars that go by, They're, they've been going by kind of a lot in the last like forty eight hours. It, it's just it's it's insane. Like they they there was one like at a Walmart that's like five miles away. So it's just like I would tell my wife like just why don't you keep an eye on social media so we know if we have to sit on the roof with guns tonight. Hmm. But you know yeah. So things are are. Yeah. Coming up roses all over right now. Um, so, this is this is like a really, well, this is a really fucked up story. Let, let's just let's just um, call it what it is. Yeah, it, it is it is beyond screwed up, and I it, it's not something well known here, but there's like there's this whole thing like, and it's not necessarily related to this, but it's kind of like it kind of gives you like a light into kind of what happened here. But the idol scene in Japan is like a very, like very toxic, like sub uh, set of music and pop culture. Um, We've kind of talked about the, uh, the best thing I come up with off the top of my head in terms of the fandom is, you know, the, the kind of crazy toxic fandom that, John Moxley got when he was in the WWE and people found out that he was married to Renee Young and lost their minds. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's um, a mild version of what we're talking about. Or, I know there are other versions, but I, I can't put my finger on them. I would say it's like, remember remember in the 90s, that woman that was stalking David Letterman and like she broke into his house and was like trying on clothes and stuff? Um, I think it's kind of like that. That's that's probably fair. Um, it's a a pretty uh, and and no kidding. Whenever we said that this is like uh, a mellow version, because what we're going into is it's it's this is rough. And um, it also has like a big proponent of this. Uh, I mean, a big big portion of this, I should say. Uh, that has been translated from social media that I've read has a lot to do with her being half Indonesian. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a big there's a big racial undertone to this of her being like of um of mixed ethnicity. Yeah, that's something I've heard that, that doesn't get gets glossed over a lot. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she was. That, oh, go ahead. Sorry. That Japan does not exactly have. Uh, you know the the big big Japan fans don't talk about the fact that Japan has some serious racial issues. It, they're they're not uh, exactly known for uh, inclusivity. Yeah, it, a lot of the times, unfortunately. It, I think it's better than it used to be. Like someone like I think Ricky Dozen would not have to hide that he is Korean now, but I don't think it's necessarily great either. So. Yeah. Um. So the, she was on a reality show. Is it Terrace House? I. I yeah, Terrace. Yeah, which I, I had I had never heard of this, but apparently it's this is this was like its fifth uh, season, and correct me if I'm wrong, but reading like what it is, it sounds kind kind of like MTV's Real World. I was thinking like that or Big Brother. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think it's maybe like both, but I I don't I 
I don't think you're like trapped in the house. No, they like, like Big Brother. Yeah, it might. Which be. to me, then it's just like it's like real world. Then yeah. you're you're just putting a random strangers living in a house. Let's well, let, hang on just a second. Let's let's back up and and go ahead and and put a name to what we're talking about because uh, we've danced around it so far. Um. This is this is about um, I'm gonna screw it up. Hanakamura. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and what happened with her? And it's I, I have to admit this this just it, it the whole story just absolutely breaks my heart. And it's everything going on lately. I've I've kind of been feeling like John Coffee in the Green Mile. So um, if I space out for a little bit, listeners, I'll apologize. I'm trying to no wait, process. I- it, it, and what happened is we last week was like the first week we'd taken off in probably like three months and I almost yeah. thought about doing a second episode for that but then we decided to wait but so anyway um, I thought we actually said what happened so we are talking about Hanakamura's suicide and um, the lead up yeah. to that but um, sorry I thought we, we mentioned that but so she was on this reality show I I had never heard of it either, but reading online, it seems like this has a bigger presence than I I would have guessed. But I don't really pay attention to reality TV. So. It's a uh, yeah. I think it's um. I don't know if it started. I don't think it started there, but I know it's distributed dis- distributed by Netflix. Uh, I I don't know. I haven't checked to see if I can access that here in America. I don't know if it's more just geared towards. Japanese audiences or Asian audiences, but it does seem to have like a quite the following. It seems pretty popular. Yeah, I, there seems to be English-speaking fans, so I bet like I bet it might be out there. Hmm. Well, it's hard to tell now, but um, so yeah, it's available on um, it's available on Netflix North America. Okay, so this so. There was an incident with her and like another contestant on the show, and it had to do with like her lot, like her ring gear from like Wrestle Kingdom getting shrunk, and um, that turned into a lot of. Yeah, she. Um, sorry to cut you off. She apparently, I guess, had washed it, and then, as it's easy to do, especially I've done this like a million times. She just like left it in the in the wash, um, and I guess one of her temporary housemates took it and like put it in the dryer because he wanted to do laundry and that I guess shrunk her outfit and she there I, I have not seen this I haven't seen the show I haven't I've, seen like the I incident I have no interest watching this incident just FYI so uh, oh I accounts. yeah I don't want to see it I honestly feel it, much like that people can't watch like Benoit stuff like I I, I would not want to watch any of this like it would actually be yeah disturbing to me but i guess there was an incident where they had, she argued with the guy because she was very upset uh even was saying like you know i don't have money to get like new gear um and it, you've ruined like my gear and they had there was an argument and i guess she apparently struck him she like slapped him i think or hit him in some way which i don't know i, I was that i guess it's real I don't know. I, with reality shows, I like, don't know. I don't know if what's because so much of reality shows is not actually reality. It's yeah. contrived. I've, I've read people that have um, 
that have actually been on reality shows and say like it's all pretty much a lie. So mm-hmm. the um, I, I read about it um, <laughs> secondhand because I wasn't watching it either through um, the Reddit thread about it. And this was apparently a guy that she was like kind of sort of dating. And whenever she left it in the washer because she forgot about it, he washed some of his stuff and then just grabbed everything and threw it in there. Mm-hmm. And they had this big fight about it. And apparently this guy was like a, um, uh, to use a, to use a TV tropes term, kind of a, kind of a whoopee level guy is like, you know, everyone was a fan of his and cause they kind of took pity on him or something like that. I may not be understanding it correctly, but yeah. Uh, but and if- so they got real bent out of shape whenever she got mad at him. And that's, if this was going to be like uh, 48 hours thing, it's like going on the show was the decision that would lead to the end. And it's like, well, it, it's just that it, it wasn't her that that did this. It's the fans of the show that did it. Yeah. And so then... Um... I don't remember which day it was, but then she posted some tweets of where pictures of herself where she had obviously self-harmed herself pretty so, severely. Yeah, so sorry to interject. Like I, I kind of saw this in real time. Uh, this she, her her date of death is uh, the twenty third, which is uh, which is a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recall, like Japan from America time, I think is like, but what, what, twelve hours ahead, something like that, fourteen know, hours ahead. I know if you want to watch like a live show that's in the evening there, you have to get up at like five in the morning or something, or like two in the yeah. morning. Yeah, there there are many hours ahead of us uh, in the United States, uh, even like the West Coast. So I saw this on on our Twitter account actually because I I followed her account uh, and this was like in the afternoon and I saw I saw like she uploaded pictures of self-harm uh, specifically she had cut her she had engaged in cutting mm-hmm. of her forearms but kind of bad uh, yeah, really there was a lot of there was a lot of superficial cuts but there was a few that were really deep um and it was very, it was graphic and disturbing. And it, it was one of those things that it, as soon as you saw it, you knew this something was very, very wrong. Yeah. And, and just kind of like looking on Twitter, like a lot of people were disturbed by that because it's, there's only a couple ways you can take that. Uh, and that seemed like there was something really bad happening. There were other photos that she, I guess, uh, put up that it looked like she had tried to bandage that. So it's kind of cruel in a way because you thought like, well, you know, she's clearly struggling, but she also tried to patch herself up. So, you know, maybe they're, maybe she's, she's looking for help. It's a cry for help. Yeah. And then people were reaching out to, um, other members of stardom, which is the company she worked for. Uh, and there was kind of word on Twitter that like people know, and they're like going to go get in contact with her, check, you know, check on her. Wasn't the uh, um, president or the owner of Stardom or something like on his way to her? 
or something like that. I think I don't know exactly, but it, I know individuals were. And at that point, like I, it's it's a troubling situation. But I was like, okay, like people are on their way. You you, I thought, okay, like the situation will hopefully be all right. Uh, but it was it wasn't it was um, it wasn't all right. Uh, but I thought, I mean, I thought everything was fine. So the next thing I know, I mean, I even, I even talked to you guys about it. But yeah. when I looked at it, if I looked at it, like on a Friday afternoon, that would correspond with, by that time, it was probably Saturday in Japan. Uh, and the next thing I know, like, Chad, you were telling me that she died. She had passed away. Yeah. And when I heard it, it was one of those things. It was like, it didn't seem, I mean, I... I I had seen some of her matches. I was a fan. It's not as if I. It, this is like a childhood star that you know, we've we've grown in love. We've seen them for years, but still, it was one of those like shocking moments. You told me that it was like, whoa! I I didn't really think that you were being honest. Not, not that you were being dishonest, but you, I was right, like, right. you're you're wrong. Like, that's too crazy. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I mean, to be honest, the reason I sent it is because I was like, I, I, I can't believe it that you know this is the way this story played out. Because, um, I mean, I have, um, you know, I, I volunteer with with you know a group of young people once a week, and so I've had a lot. I've had some training on, you know, what to look out for when it comes, you know, how to look for self-harm signs and what it typically means and stuff like that and uh like you said you know she put those up and then she had some shots where she had bandaged it up and from my understanding and so uh pardon me if i'm i'm incorrect about it i don't mean to be spreading misinformation here if i'm wrong but my understanding from my training was that if the person in question is is trying to um, recover from it or, or fix it up, then they they know like okay this isn't this isn't right this isn't something I should be doing. They recognize that, and so you 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 have some time to intercede. Basically, I mean they, when it comes to cutting, it's either they're doing it for attention or it's it's you know you're one step away from doing something permanent. And um, I mean, I'm not involved. I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't there. I couldn't very well, you know, it's not like not like I could have, you know, driven to go check on her or anything. But, you know, I'm in this place where I'm like, okay, okay you know, oh, God, I hope, you know, I hope and pray someone does get there. And, and this is, you know, this is the the, the, the cry for help variation as opposed to what the other variation could be but you know it that was the first thing and then it just apparently snowballed so fast um and i don't know if we filled the blanks in on it but the the, it's kind of a the problem is is like it's a bit of a muddled story and we've had to get a lot of it through a language barrier yeah and I just um, think, I just think like, like because because the what what I've been told is a lot of the abuse she got was racial abuse, which okay I'm guessing 
being biracial in a society that might not be the most welcoming of people that are different um, was probably difficult enough, so that really hit home yeah. badly. But the problem is, is um, there's just that, there's that, I mean, you, you get like the gist of like, okay, well, this, this, and this, like, that's really awful, but you kind of can't put all the dots together because you're kind of missing like the societal context of Japan to some of it. So I think that's yeah. what causes gaps. Well, the the understanding that I have is, yeah, like you say, this was this was fan basically a result of fan harassment, um, and and I, I didn't know about like the racial undertones part of it until you mentioned that. So no, that one, you some people have. Um... Some people that know, like, had to translate, like, parts of that. But okay. that's what that's what I saw. Um, but like I said, that part was, that part I think is really easy to miss unless you happened upon it. It's, yeah. It's just really hard to process it. But here's the the thing about this. Because you might be saying, because we've been saying for the last, you know, number of weeks, you know, we're trying to provide you guys with a, with a nice break, a mental break from everything that's been going on. Why are we on this? It's, the thing we got to understand is that this is this is a very real thing that a lot of people don't know how to deal with yet. Like this is a newish <clears throat> phenomenon. Well, what? I, I really wanted to talk about it because I'm a fan of Joshi, and I know Matt is, so I know she's crossed both of our radars probably at some point in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, she, she had. Um, honestly, like I first became aware of her just because there was kind of clips of, uh, I think it was, I don't even know if it was Stardom, it actually might have been, it might have been like Sendai Girls. It might have been. She's done Sit and Die Girls. Uh, but she was... It might have been... Yeah, it might have been Stardom, though. It, she was her, like, um, wrestling, and she was unique because, like, she had these big, like, fuzzy boots. <laughs> like, pink fuzzy boots, and it made her look like... Uh, remember, like, Jimmy... Um, God, what's his name? John Nord? No, it wasn't John Nord. Who was the... When, when you say fuzzy boots, that's the first name that comes to mind. I, I know. Uh, you would think they'd be John Nord. Um, <laughs> God, I'm having such a. Uh, what color? What color was boots? That might help. No, no. It's who? Who used to to be the leader of Age of the Fall? Oh, um, Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs. God, I knew it was Jimmy something. God, in my mind, I had a total blank there. You always um, made me like blank. Like when he used to do. Go ahead. I was like, I was like, it's not Tyler Black because Tyler Black never had fuzzy boots. Then I completely like spaced. But yeah, like Jimmy Jacobs, like in his IWA Mid South run when he had like the fuzzy boots, he was kind of doing like a, a John Nord type of oh, yeah. gimmick. Um, anyway, she was wearing that, and I'm like, this is like a really weird attire. Um, but then she had a lot of personality, and I, I, I became a fan that way. I saw some of her matches. Um, 
basically the stuff that was available like on YouTube or things that people would post. Uh, I'm, again, I wasn't like uh, super knowledgeable of her. but Yeah, because she was kind of – she had an interesting character because she's kind of like a lovable scamp. Mm-hmm. Which is a little – it's a little different for wrestling, I think, because it tends to be a little more less shades of gray, more one way or the other, or just nowadays where no one even tries to be one or the other. She was more of like a more serious Toru Yanu, where she was kind of like a scoundrel, but like, you know, uh, an adorable one. Mm-hmm. Kind of an Eddie Guerrero thing. No, nah, a little more innocent than that. Okay. But she had a she had talent. She had a lot of charisma, and you could tell that she was going to be like a big star. She she for those who may not be aware, it was a dark match. But she was um she was in the very opening match of the G1 Supercard last year, the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan show that was WrestleMania weekend. It was from Madison Square Garden. She was in a six woman tag. She just uh she had a match at what was it the was it at the G1 this year? It might have been, yeah. Uh, she had a match like I, she definitely had a match in like the I think the maybe it was the Tokyo Dome show in January. So she was, and Stardom was apparently going to be building this year around her. You could see her. The way Joshi works is a little different because mm-hmm. um, there's a definite career progression. Mm-hmm. And you could see her starting to move up the. You could see the slow move up of the ranks. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could see like it was going. She was going to be a big star in the future. Like she, she had, she had talent. She was already like talented, but obviously with seasoning, she would have gotten better in the ring. She had a lot of charisma. Uh, not that this exactly matters, but wrestling is very visual. Uh, medium, but she was a very pretty girl, so she was attractive. That that doesn't hurt in in wrestling, either male or female. And then, um, um, just just because it's it's actually very um, touching. But so her mm-hmm. mother was a wrestler. I'd have to look the name up. Kyoko um, Kimura. Yeah, who had been around who, since yeah. the '90s, I think. And I actually have, I I was aware of who she was because uh, I've I used. To, what let me try and remember what I'm trying to remember I think she was actually with stardom she was but with her stardom. mom uh, yeah I, I remember watching her mom stuff back in the day and by back in the day I mean like maybe a, a dozen years ago or so I'd have to like because I, th- I think she did I think she did all Japan women but I would have to um I would have to Look at where she was after that. Like if she went to like Arceon or anything like that. But I don't know. I'd have to. I know. I definitely. I definitely saw her in like the the aughts. Um, and she she would wrestle in like this giant afro. Yeah. Um, but she was pretty talented. She had uh she had charisma too. But it's it's just it's really it's a disturbing story in my yeah. opinion because you she, she's I mean her 22. age alone she's twenty two. Yeah. But you could see that she was going to be a huge star. I mean, by and by that I mean, it would not have surprised me if a few years down the road, with you know more uh, more experience, she would she would be the type, the type that you would see signed to like an AEW contract or yeah. be the next like Japanese female star signed to like an NXT contract. 
Yeah. Um, and become like a, a big, much bigger star to an American audience. She had that kind of appeal. I'm, I was trying to gauge like for so for people who are not aware, like really like how this is a big deal, how it's it is kind of like a tragedy. It's a tragedy in, in the very human aspect of it, but just in kind of like the wrestling world. I know it's it it pales compared to the fact that you know a mother and a family lost a daughter. Yeah. But it's a blow to like wrestling too, just because it imagine I don't know how if you would equate her to like a modern day star, I was thinking like maybe someone like a Darby Allen or a Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Some guys who like someone who like is young, clearly has talent and you can see is going to become like a big thing. Is, uh, this story blew up though because my wife mentioned it, it to did. me. And I, if told this her, got, I told her hmm? because the, she said, I like, do not Google. I've, I've told people repeatedly, like, do not Google it because of the, of the, of the pictures. I'm like, cause I yeah. don't know if those are still out there somewhere, but I was just like, don't Google it. Like there are pictures that right before that, like, and you don't want to see it. Yeah. That's you, you don't, but this, this thing got a lot of, um, like national media attention in the United States. Like there was a New York times article, um, I think like LA times, like it got like the, the biggest newspapers in the country did articles on this. I was also trying to think like if, if we, if you could equate her to like, uh, like yesteryear, I feel almost feel like this is sort of like, what if like a uh, edge when he was first kind of starting out or like a Jeff Hardy back in the day, like got people who obviously went on to become big stars but like kind of like that, where it's like someone who had a lot of talent, and you could see would have been something big. Like it's 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 a serious thing that that she's gone. Like it is a that's why it's partly a huge story. Plus, the, just the overall incredible trauma of the way it went down and how it's linked essentially to cyberbullying. I mean, because he also died, but kind of a Jay Youngblood. Yeah. I could see that. Like that rising star just kind of starting to come into their own sort of thing. Uh, I know he didn't die out of it, but what about what happened with uh, Mike Magnum TA? No, because Magnum was Magnum was like already there. That okay. he, he was already like. <laughs> yeah. You could That's argue. Just... You could argue in '86 when he got no, he got hurt in '87, didn't he? Um, you could argue when TA got hurt that he was already like the top star in JCP, like the I was top just face star. Kind of reaching for another comparison. I, I did think of him, but he got no. He got he got way too. He was way too big, unfortunately. Okay. Like I said, just just looking for another comparison. Because um, yeah, we got. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we got a we got a big swath of listeners, and I'd like to be able to. If there's someone out there who's a little bit lost, just trying to hit a touchstone for them. You can and you can find some of our matches on YouTube, or you can um, just sign up for the Stardom streaming service and get a bunch of our matches. Yeah. And like, there's nothing like that. So the thing with her though is because of like her position on the card and her age. Like, there's really not. Like, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen of her, but, like, there's nothing you can really point to and say, oh, yeah, this is, like, the definitive Kimura performance just because she just hadn't had the time to, like, have that sort of 
sort of thing. But like, what's really heartbreaking though is like, so when her mom retired, she wrestled a retirement match, and then they pretty much said, "Oh wait, I'm doing one more match," and then. Her dad came down and refed, and they wrestled each other, and she pinned her mom, like, before they, um, for her last, like, match. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just, it just sucks. Yeah. And I also want to talk about, because we talked about it, and I, I think it was still pretty fresh at the time, like, he had just disappeared when we talked about it, but I also wanted to touch on... Um, Shad Gaspard and like kind of yeah. how that played out and just the fact that like um, he pretty much died saving his kid yeah he yeah. died a hero yeah it's it, the hell of it that happens is, is you know they're out swimming at the beach and a riptide kicked up I guess is how I understand it yeah. like you know they can they can kind of come from wherever, and one picks up, and it's like wow, okay, this is, you know, obviously this is bad. Riptides will, they make me nervous at the beach. Riptides, um, have, riptides have killed Olympic like level swimmers. Like they're not anything yeah, to, to screw with. Not anything to mess with, and so the light. I, I keep reading different accounts, but I guess there was just one lifeguard who was there. So pretty much and, what happened you know, is he and his son got stuck in it. The lifeguards came out, and he demanded they they get his son before him, and then, like, a wave, like, just took him, like, right yeah. after they got his son. So that's kind of what happened. Oh, okay. See, well, the, the version I had heard was that the... Uh... The the wave uh, they got his son to shore and were going back for him when when he went down. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is it it doesn't that doesn't matter too much. The the pertinent parts of it stay the same. You know he 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 went out looking after his son and um you know that's. He, he went out. He was doing the right thing, um, and it's this. I mean, you know, this story hit me really hard. Not just because he and I share a name, but you know, I've I've got two boys here at home, right? Like I've got I've got my my boys here, and just the the thought of something like this, it's like, well, yeah, I would have done the same thing, but the difficulty that I'm processing is number one. Um, you know, he did the right thing, but it still sucks because now the kid's got to grow up without his dad. And then number two, he's, I'm honest to God, super concerned about his son because I don't, I'd be terrified that the poor boy's going to grow up with a lot of survivor guilt. You know, dad's not here because of me. Dad's not here because... Um, they had to save me and, you know, trying to sort through all that. And so it's, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't plug our partner on it, but I will, um, Collar and Elbow did make a, um, a Shad Gaspard shirt and all of the proceeds from it are going directly to the family. Um, and, and I, I don't want, you know, our promo code don't get used a whole lot, but if you're going to get one of those, 
don't use the code so that the family, you know, the money goes to the family. Like two thirds of the money at the price of the shirt is going to the family. And it's just, in, in I, I didn't know a whole lot about the guy. You know, I saw him on TV when he was, he was working for WWE and then he got released. And the only thing I heard about him much after that was when JTD, JTG released his books, right? Um, bridges and how to burn them efficiently. And, um, but it's, you don't get this kind of outpouring of support in the wrestling community. Like he got if, 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 you know, you're a, a jerk off. I mean, this, the, the, the amount of support that came out on behalf of him, um, was just staggering, and everybody had the he, same story to tell. He even had Arnold Schwarzenegger visiting his his um, memorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and someone made ahead. someone made like a mystery forty thousand dollar donation to his family's GoFundMe to get it over the the line. Yeah. the The other side to that is it's quote-unquote mystery, because it's kind of been confirmed. Oh, I didn't know if uh, they had, like, confirmed it yet, or if that was still just, um... No one has JTG. said anything outright, but it's, um... There was, uh, Okay, so... There was something that was... The, the thing to push it over the line was posted, and it was, um... I think it was... Like, the name CTC was put to it. It's like, you know, this donation made by CTC. Um, and so everyone was like, uh, CTC. And so they, folks started, you know, grasping at straws, start trying to figure it out. Until finally, someone was like, hey, CTC. That was what they called when Crime Time and Cena were working together, right? And so John Cena put something on, I think, his Instagram that he, he didn't come right out and say it, but it was... You know, it's enough of a nod that you're like, oh, yeah, that was totally, totally Cena. Hmm. Um, you know what? Let me <laughs> let me go through our let me go to our Instagram right now and and check. But because uh, I, I want to get the phrasing right. But it was. Yeah, that's that. It was it was totally Cena that did it. So, um, you know, like I said, you don't the number of people who talked about how good a guy he was and, you know, how stand-up a person he was and stuff like that. You don't get, you know, someone dies in wrestling, and, and there's a lot of people that don't like him. You don't get as many um, responses to it, right? It just doesn't happen. But the the response that he got at his passing was, I mean, just huge. You even had, like, people you wouldn't necessarily have expected to cross paths with him. Like, King Mo talked about how... He was going to try wrestling and Shad told him, like, you know, I wonder every day if I could have made it as a fighter. Like, that's my, like, one regret in life. So Shad, so King Mo turned around and did, like, the MMA thing instead mm -hmm. and came back to wrestling. Like, even things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that story because uh, King Mo was kind of leaning towards doing wrestling uh, flat out. And he kind of got talked into putting that on the back burner by Chad and Gaspard. 
I know after I mean I wasn't really like a, a big time fan of Crime Time. They were kind of, you know, inoffensive back when they were in the WWE, but everything I had heard about him, um, kind of outside of wrestling, that he was just like a super nice guy. And he would um he would obviously come to different uh, WrestleMania events, especially. Like he was he I think he wasn't he showing up to those Wale shows a lot? Yeah, Crime Time was kind of like working a couple indie dates a year, and I think they were doing some of the Game Changer stuff. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, they were definitely involved in a lot of those um, WrestleMania weekend type of shows because I know people from, like, the Observer Group who would say, like, he would he would be at those, like, events, and they would, they'd be just, like, be able, they'd be able to go up to him and just, like, have, like, full-blown conversations. And he was like apparently just very nice very um genteel he would have conversations with you he was apparently really personable and fun and and like funny so i mean that and that's exactly who you that's exactly who you want a wrestler because wrestling is wrestling it's just been said before but it's a really weird type of um entertainment medium because a lot of wrestlers are like really accessible yeah like you can't just go up and strike usually strike a conversation with like a big like a-list hollywood star like you're not going to be like hanging out with like robert de niro like shooting the shit um but you can kind of maybe do that with wrestlers so yeah. and um, he he was apparently he was someone who's very um really like a good with fans and personable just because just because he was like a nice guy the uh by the way the the reference that i was referring to um with uh, Cena was he didn't he didn't write anything but he posted a picture where Cena and and Crime Time were spray painting JBL's limo and it's got CTC like right dead center of the picture so you know it, it's one of those things where it's it's a confirmation but without without actively saying it I guess so. It's, I don't know, man. It's it. There, he had done a bunch of stuff that I, I guess, doesn't surprise me, but it, um, I didn't know about. Like in the last God of War game, he was the guy that did all the motion capture for Kratos. Mm. Yeah, and that, that you look at him, you look at him, and you're like, oh, well, that that makes perfect sense because you look at Kratos and the the way he's built, and then you pull up a picture of Gaspar, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, no kidding. Um, but it's, 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 it's just an awful story to hear, to, to lose someone like that. You want to know what wrecked me, it, since this is, this is almost like an emotional cutting episode of the yeah. show. It was like, right, like the day after it happened, it was that his wife was basically she essentially refused to leave the beach. Yeah, and that like messed me up for a while. Yeah. That really messed with my head. Yeah, she stayed there for as long as the search was going on. Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel like it's because that sort of stuff it doesn't it doesn't get me worried about my mortality. It gets me worried about what would happen to my family if something happened to me. That's. And, and the kind of effect it would have on them. And that's what scares me. Um, that's what concerns me. Is It's like, I, I don't want 
It's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, well, I will say, like, at least as a as a slight positive, at least it, his body did wash ashore because a lot of times when people get swept out like that, they're never oh yeah they're never seen again. So um, I think that I and I know people are gonna be like, well, that's a crappy thing to take away from that, but like at least his family got some you get a little closure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And uh, they, these are these are further back. I wanted to mention them. Uh, one guy I don't think you guys will know because he is more of like a small time manager that did like podcasts and stuff. But that one is Scott Baldron. Um, passed away some point in April. Um, he was a manager in the USWA, and then he also was like he did the Kentucky fu- the Kentucky Fried Wrestling stuff. So, I, I got nothing yeah. for you on that. And then, Sorry. Um, the one that I think Matt will know is Joe Pedicino passed away in April as well. <laughs> um, he is the the primary founder of the Global Wrestling Federation. And then he was involved in like the NWA slash WCW at points in like the late 80s. And he is... He is pretty popular he was pretty pop he's pretty well known in like the atlanta market because he owned radio stations and he did like this big block of wrestling on tv in like the late 80s into the mid 90s i'm familiar with his name i can say that much but i i don't yeah i don't know he also did. Um, I, I couldn't offer him. He also hosted This Week in Wrestling, which was like a magazine style format wrestling show for like. So it would be like they would come on for an hour and they'd show you matches from like different promotions. In like probably like 87 or 88. So you might come on, see some stuff from like Mid South, something from like Continental. Like it was an, it's an interesting show. Yeah. But they, they were more recent. We hadn't talked about them because um, it just hadn't come up. There was someone else I feel like passed away, but I can't remember who it was. Like the last couple of days, uh, he wasn't like a big name guy, but uh, Danny Havoc. Oh, yeah. Did, 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 was there a cause of death with that one? Uh, well, Danny Havoc worked for um, CCW, yeah. but he... Okay, it's, uh, I think, I don't know that it's been announced, but it's. I think it's been implied that it was suicide. Because his girlfriend had just, like, died, like... His wife oh, had just died of, had just died of heart failure literally, like, a month ago. Um, oh. And that's, that's rough in, in any regard, but I mean, especially with things like corona going on, like, a lot of people have... Just a lot of people are, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not as if, I mean, the kid was a... He's a wrestler. I don't know if he had a day job, but it, with everything going on, it might be fair to, to assume like he's not working. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say suicide, even though it's not been, um, I don't think it's been announced that way. A lot of a lot of his friends in wrestling were when they were kind of expressing their condolences, they were making kind of vague comments, 
And whenever they were making kind of comments that now, unfortunately, in today's day and age, when you hear certain phrases being used or things being talked about a certain way, the red flags go up. Yeah. 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 Um, things like uh, taken too soon or made, uh, you know, one bad decision or something like that. Those those <laughs> they set the alarm bells ringing. Yeah. And it, God. Yeah, it's been a rough. It's been a it, this twenty twenty has not been a fun. Yeah, I think I think the Mayans were off by eight years. <sighs> That's the best I can come up with. Yeah, I was. Ch- I'm checking a list just because I want to make sure I didn't miss someone. Yeah. Have um. Matt, have you gotten to watch any of Double or Nothing yet? Because I have not. Uh, I have not. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I'm excited to see at least <laughs> the uh, the stadium brawl because I've heard it's. I just want to see. Um, I just want to see um, Adam Page ride the horse out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Because again, I don't think a lot of uh, American audiences are used to this, even amongst the kind of hardcore fans who probably are more inclined to be AEW fans. But I want to watch that stadium brawl, which is the main event of Double or Nothing. I want to watch it for no other reason than it was described, maybe by Meltzer, but it was described as, this is an American DDT match. Meaning like DDT, uh, the Japanese wrestling company. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like it's like a thirty-minute DDT Iron Man match for the like, like, and I know Brad knows what I'm talking about, but that to me, it's like done. I need to watch this match. It's just I've, uh, I've heard it described that way too. I really want to see it. Um, it sounds like these guys are just just having so much fun with it. Oh yeah, I've heard it is just absolutely like a, a spectacle to watch and absolutely hilarious. I, I saw one clip from it. Um, spoilers, I guess. But the the clip that I saw just I, absolutely cracked me up. Was um, two of the guys from the Inner Circle who the God now I can't think of their names. They had a hold of Matt Hardy, and there was an infi- there's an infinity pool in the station in the stadium because. It's it's a it's a pro sports stadium in this day and age, so of course there is. But uh, they've got him in the infinity pool, and they keep trying to drown him, and he keeps popping back up in different gimmicks. Oh yeah, I saw that. And I watched I watched that clip and laughed and laughed, especially at a time when I really really needed that kind of laugh. So um, yeah, I want to see it too. Uh, Sooner or later, I'll figure it out. But Shad, did you ever watch the clip I sent you of the most legal thing ever in wrestling? 
Yes, was was that was the uh, the dance off, wasn't it? Yes, that was um, Ophidian and Amasis hypnotizing everyone during a match and hypnotizing yeah. the locker room. Yes, they. I mean, they got everybody. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. There's a sequel where they pretty much do the same thing to one up those guys again. Oh, do they? <laughs> okay. I just well, I, I would like to. The, there was a time, um, sadly, that Amasis retired because of injuries. But I loved Assyrian Portal for a really long time. Was it Assyrian Portal or Obsidian Portal? Obsidian is the snake guy, so it's Assyrian Portal. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because it used to be, he doesn't do it quite so much anymore, but when he was younger, he used to slither down to the ring like a snake, and he'd, he'd like, hiss at people in the crowd and stuff. Right. But yeah, so, um, that's, uh, that is kind of what we had for this week. Like, we really, I, like I said, we wanted to kind of do the, the Kimura one because... It just, I don't know, I felt the need to talk about it, and I think the other, I think you guys did too. Well, it's, it highlights some important things. The The fact that, because I, I have heard some people being like, oh, you know, what people say online isn't a big deal, or something like that, and that's, sure, you know, you're in your I don't know, mid-late 30s, and you're like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. You know, I was around when the internet started. It's like, yeah, but it ain't the same internet that it used to be. And No, because the problem is that I hate to use the word normies, is the internet used to be like a wild west of people that kind of knew the score. Yeah. And we were like an insular group and like trolling existed but like it was in its place and then the internet got more popular and you brought like your everyday people into the equation and that's kind of where I think things started to get more out of control instead of like I, I mean back in the day if you were on like a, a message board talking about wrestling or whatever and you get in, you got into I don't even know if they use the term anymore but if you got into a, a flame war oh, with someone else yeah no, because I don't know that people use message boards or whatever anymore. But if you got into like a flame war with someone, it usually just wound up with either like the moderator setting it, uh, stepping in and being like, knock it off, or someone would get banned and that would be the end of it. And even if you like didn't, no one got banned, you it would just wind up with you being like. You each other in your PS yeah, for like a couple days and then you'll finally just block them and then. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, fuck you, whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't. You didn't get to the level where it's like, I now have legit thoughts of suicide yeah it's just it's it's weird because like um i i don't know about you guys like when i started to get deep into the internet and message boards and stuff was probably about 98 Mm, somewhere in there yeah and Mm -hmm. it's just i and some of it's rose colored glasses like i totally know but that it's just it's changed so much i think it's the social media aspect that's like really the difference now it, I think it is um, my wife personally hates social media the only thing she, she really likes to use um, is like Instagram but that's just because you know she can post like a photo or she can like other people's photos yeah uh, 
it's 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 ironic to say that because I mean I I enjoy like viewing social media, but I do think there is a good argument to be made that it has significantly increased I, I like a, a kind of a toxic like, environment. I think yeah. there's been some studies that have shown it's it's um, made the younger generations more depressed. And probably anxious and neurotic. I mean, yeah. and I don't think it's it's been good for other things. I mean, we don't talk about like politics on the show, but I don't think it's it's overall been good for our political discourse. kind of our. No, because a lot of like crazy shit can get passed around on social media, or you can just insulate yourself into a little bubble where you're only talking about only talking to like-minded people. Yeah, and I think that just kind of breeds a lot of. I, and and I think what I think where social media has gotten really sinister is that um, it's the it's not always because I think I think it really gets over and I'm I'm bringing it up because I feel like it does not get enough attention and Twitter intentionally intentionally ignores it. But the blue check marks on Twitter getting just randos dogpiled for totally bullshit reasons, like, is really sinister on there sometimes. That is, that is. Um, and Twitter, unfortunately, to the extent that Twitter protects anyone, it's the blue check marks. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it is kind of screwed up that you'll have, I don't know, like a reporter or a celebrity or somebody. Uh. And they'll some some random person who maybe they have like you know a hundred followers will say something and maybe it's, maybe it is like something offensive or dumb or stupid and then you'll have like the blue check mark, uh, you know, dogpile. Say some like clap back at them as they say, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you know there's like uh, two thousand people going off on this person with like a hundred followers and. It's just a huge mess. Yeah. And some people are worse at that than others. There, there are people out there who I think are actually like very, very toxic people, like celebrities or media people. And it's like, you really should know better. Like, it, if someone says something stupid, just like block them, mute them, and it, move on. It, and we're, we're, the other one that really bothers me now, and even Lance Storm said something about this that I think I sent you guys, but the snitch tagging... Is yeah, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, because Lance's statement was if you say it without tagging the person, you're expressing your opinion. If you tag the person, then you're calling them out. And there's a huge difference between those things. Yeah, because cause my opinion on that is if I don't at someone, that's because it's not for their consumption. Like, I'm just voicing my opinion to, like, the couple of knuckleheads that I actually interact with on social media like um and i wouldn't even be that bad about it but and and also on that like if you're a celebrity vanity searching and you see me say you suck at your job sorry that wasn't meant for you don't fucking block me because you went looking for it because that's on you at that point i'm sorry I've, i've gotten i've gotten so if people don't know before this podcast, my wife and I had a hockey podcast. Um, and 
part of being on that podcast. I don't do it with this show anymore just because I don't like Twitter, but we were very active on social media to build like a following and everything. So that meant commenting during games and you would not believe like more than one player vanity searched us and blocked us because they had a bad game and we said something about it. The, uh, the other thing that, that Lance storm brought up, he brought up two things. One it was the, the snitch tag. The other was um, to say, you know, look, if you just go by the, if you turn on your quality filter, then a lot of this, you know, the trolls that are out there that have, what, like two followers, don't, you know, they, they just don't show up. So use that filter so you don't see that sort of stuff. And it makes your life a whole lot easier on yourself. But see, what what, what I don't <laughs> understand is someone that had a very mediocrely, a vid- very mediocre, had like maybe 700 followers at one point on an account that was very interactive with fans and stuff. Um, and I don't understand why other people don't do this. If anyone came at us even remotely hard that I didn't know, block. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if you were even the slightest bit rude and you weren't someone that followed us or someone that I knew from the circles, you got blocked instantaneously. Like, I was quick on the trigger and I never, we never had an issue for as, as active as we were because, like I said, I was always, like, my wife was a little more willing to let it go, but, like, I'd hit the, I'd just block them and I never had an issue. And I don't understand why that doesn't happen with some of these, these people that get, like, really. I don't know, but I know that that part of this comes out of the way the Twitter algorithm works. Is what they show you is the stuff that has the most activity, which means that trolls get fed no matter what. Like, oh, lots of activity, that must mean good engagement. And it's like, no, that's a whole bunch of people that, to to go back to this... um, when when Havoc died, he, who was his friend that was? It wasn't Owens that I was thinking of. He had another friend who was really uh, broken up about it. Um, can't remember who it was. Uh, and maybe it was Kevin Owens. I don't remember, but his statement was "Boo hoo, people die, get over it." And the okay, you know. This guy had, like, one follower, period. But since there were so many people telling him to shut up or other charming things like go die in a fire, um, Twitter sees that and they're like, oh, lots of engagement, that must be good, let's let's get that out there where people can see it. That's the top reply. And it's like, on what planet should that be the top reply? But, you know... Twitter doesn't seem to standardize how they respond to a lot of stuff. So Twitter, 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 if it wasn't for YouTube, Twitter would be the most incompetently run platform on the Internet. But YouTube exists. So somewhere along the lines, YouTube like hit the brakes on its awful decision making a little bit. No, they're still doing it because they're still they're still because because YouTube pretty much loses money, but they've. They pretty much spent the last two-ish years like just screwing their content creators over. Well, 
I meant what I meant was YouTube not getting worse. Like it's still bad. I know it got worse because now they they give preference to legacy media, and like oh. they've totally hosed like mid level to smaller creators with the legacy media thing. So, is if you if you're like is that, uh, I was gonna say is that kind of like uh, uh, like last year's YouTube Rewind, where it was all just like movie stars and stuff. Well, no. So like like if you because so they give like preference to like cnn and like washington post and like fox news so like if you're if you're like um if you're like a like a jimmy Dore or like a tim pool or or um uh, i don't know someone of that ilk like they pretty much Pretty much, like, your recommendations going forward are just all screwed up and they don't, like, work for your audience. Mm. So, um, yeah. They just keep screwing them over. And I think they, they, they demonetize people. Like, all those people got, um, who just got, f- oh, because, um, that dude just got totally hosed because the Guinness Book of World Records like false DMCA'd all of his Mario speedruns and then went around false DMCA um I said that right, right, Chad? Yeah. So, well, you're basically false flagging yeah. a DMCA plane. All of these other Mario speedruns they had no proprietary right to, but as far as YouTube is concerned, even though there's no merit to it, all of those content creators are guilty until proven innocent. And they don't look into that stuff very quickly. Yep. And by the time you get there, then they're already they're they're just like, oh, well, that's, that's too bad, isn't it? And and the Guinness Book of World Records, I think, flagged like something like 150 videos for no reason. Well, because they're scumbags, but they they that's what they did, and they have no it, they have no proprietary rights to it because they are. They're claiming what someone posted of themselves doing. Like, they don't have a right to that. They have no copyright to it, but those people are screwed. And if they're making any money off of their channel, they're not getting that money now until they get that rectified. The other thing, the thing that kills me that could honestly clear that up real quick would just be if there were any consequences for false flagging something. If you go through and false flag a bunch of stuff, and they say, "Oh, hey, that's not yours. This was this was an inaccurate claim." And after you accrue, I don't know. I, I would say three, but they're they're never gonna. We'll say five, right? If they're to say, "Look, if you if you get five false claims, then you know we suspend your ability to copyright strike anything for a year." They won't do it, but they won't do it. Well, because the the law's written in such a way. Remember, because it died down, but remember at the start of this decade, remember when patent trolling was like a really big deal? Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of like. Does that still happen? Not as much. Because I think, Mm. I think, I think, I think courts kind of started getting wise to it and started going against them. But remember, I, I think it was Adam Carolla was talking about someone tried to sue him saying they had like the patent to like podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> but but it reminds me of that because i because if you're younger you don't remember like so around from i'd say about 2008 to 
2014, like, people would patent, like, just ridiculous things. Like, um, like someone might, like I, like I said, someone might patent the term podcasting and then sue every single podcaster with any, like, level of money. Or they might patent some, like, very vague um, term. Because wasn't there a point where, like, Samsung and Apple were, like, in this, like, back and forth where they were just patenting these, like, stupid things so they could sue each other? There was, I know that they were fighting over things like the, um, like pinch to zoom stuff and, um, and intuitive like phone curve. controls. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember the specifics on it, but yeah, they were absolutely on that. Yeah. So essentially what patent trolling was is you would patent something like very vague and then you would try to extort money from people because you would sue a bunch of people and hope you got like a bunch of settlements just to make you go away is essentially how patent trolling works. Mm -hmm. So that's what it reminds me of without the monetary gain. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the other big concern that happened, I don't remember what year it was in, so I'll have to apologize for that. But, Whenever they were wanting to pass the um, SOPA and PIPA acts, there was no due process in it. It was just like, oh, if you are accused of having uh, proprietary stuff, then you're shut down and you're going to be charged. And there were a whole bunch of um, folks who, you know, worked on the Internet under fair use principles. And they're like, look, there's no due process in this at all. Like basically, what you're saying is that there's there's no power, there's no recourse, and most of them did not get through to anybody. They didn't get through to to you know seeing congressmen or anything. Because um, I mean, to be fair, I, I you know I interned in uh, in the Senate for a little bit. There's a lot going on, and so if you only show up one day, then no, you might not get in. Um, but the fact that they're like, look, you guys don't, you know, the DMCA exists, but that's not even being used properly. And, then, you know, the response they got from most of the people they talked to was just kind of a shrug. I'm like, eh. No, it's, it's awful because, like, so I know someone, I know someone in broadcasting that has to, and they they have to deal with the FCC and they said it's awful because you have to comply to rules that were written in like the 20s. Yeah. And they don't make sense anymore. Nope. Like if you're if you like get this if you're if you if you if you work at a radio station now, you are not allowed to say you're in the studio if you're not in the studio. Like cuz for some reason that's deceptive. Like, you can't have a home studio in Florida and do a show in, let's say, West Virginia and pretend like you're local. Or not just say you're not local. You have to say, like... Coming to you from... Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. Like, it's, 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 it's dumb stuff like that. And um, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. 
kind of like a, a lot of old archaic regulations that are still on the books for some stupid reason. Yeah. And some of them are even contradictory to other laws on the books. Awesome. So, well, guys, yeah, I don't a, know about you, but I'm about out of steam. Yeah. Well, there's your there's your brief lesson on copyright and um, <laughs> trademark yeah. law. Yeah. But anyway, like so, I I I um I. Okay, this is this is this is gonna be political, but not political. I, you know, I enjoyed social media for a while, but over the last couple of years, I've just kind of seen social media as a horrible mistake that's been placed upon mankind. Yeah, I mean, I, I use it because there are lots of people that I would never be able to talk to, like keep in touch with, and that sort of stuff, if I didn't, right? You know friends and far off and that sort of stuff it it makes that a lot so much easier but the problem is that with it i mean you know like everything else money ruins everything um and it's it's all about you know how are we going to make the most money off this well we're going to do these things that are going to be we're not going to say it out loud, but we know full well it's harmful to the people that are going to be using our product. But hey, we're going to make money off of it, so let's do it. It's just it's to me. It's just sad that like on my Facebook, I literally probably have at least forty percent of the people that I'm friends with in real life like muted because I can't handle their never-ending barrage of political posts one way or the other on the spectrum, and like they just won't shut up about it, and I just have to exclude it from my timeline entirely i feel like i'm getting there with um with the way it's election year and it's like i just i don't want to see it yeah i don't want to see any of it i mean i'm no because I like don't, i don't fit i don't fit into either political paradigm exactly so my thing I, is, I don't want to hear any of it my thing with it is party my thing with it is is i'm tired of this constant you have to agree with my ideology entirely or i'm just going to be a total dick bag to you yeah and it's just like but like it's just like because like for me for me personally like i understand you've got to vote one way or the other and you're gonna have a reason for that and your reason might not be my reason and i haven't lived your life so i'm really i might disagree with what you do but like I understand, like especially, especially when, when you're deciding which clown mask in an election year, like this one that you're gonna gonna vote for, like I get douche, it. Douche or turd sandwich. I, yeah, there it is. I mean, I, I I honestly like I pine for the days we could have douche and turd sandwich back. <laughs> like this is this is like the extent of what I'll say about about it. Like I. I, I do hate that you basically I disagree with you in the sense like I understand like from a practical perspective it's one of two parties but my attitude it's like no you actually don't it's not it people who it's a binary choice it's not a binary choice no. you can actually vote for anyone you can vote you can put your you can write your name own name in for president can, like as I think probably fucking vote for or whoever people yeah I'm, right, I'm about to write Raylan Givens in for president this coming there you summer. go I mean, I think, 
and yeah, I mean, to me. And I mean, come on. Why are we all not voting for Vermin Supreme? <laughs> I'm tempted. He did not win the I, nomination. Yeah. To me, this is like this is all I say about it. It's just I I guess two things. One, it's like I think the reason why we we wind up with bad choices because we do fall on this. Like, well, it has to be one of these two guys or girls, or one of these like these two parties. It's like no, it doesn't. You can actually no one you're not owed, no one's owed your vote. Yeah. You can choose to pick like the person who either best represents your values, or if you don't feel like they do or anyone does, you can be like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to vote, or maybe I'm going to write someone in. Maybe I'll write in, you know, Mickey Mouse. Who knows? Yeah. This is, for what it's worth, this is, and and this was, I studied politics when I was in college. Like, you know, not just like, oh, you know, I I study on it. And like, no, I got a degree in it. I'm of the, boy, we are getting into the weeds tonight. God. Um, I'm of the opinion that if we had a white ticket option, an option on the ballot where it said, I don't improve any of these choices. Um, that could help a lot. I'm not even saying that the white ticket option would have to carry anything. Like if the white ticket wins, then you've got to redo it. I'm God, just saying. Don't make, me, don't make me go through another year of election shit. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I said I said I'm not saying that. But if, if we were to have... Um, you know, if we were to have that option, then there would be none of this. It's like, oh, you know, I have a mandate for it. Like, no, most of the country didn't like either one of you. You ain't got a mandate for jack squat. And there you go. It's just for for me, like where I'm at is just like I'm watching all these people like scream at each other. And I'm looking at both of the candidates and I'm like, it's like. What the, what the fuck? Why are you so invested in this, in this fucking moron? And that goes for both of them. That was actually an old, uh, a Christopher Titus bit from. Um, he he had an album called Ameripocalypse. He said these are the two that families are breaking up over, the rodeo clown and she three PO. That's that's what. That that that's who. This is this is the world's going to war about. It's just, uh, it's just, it, I I fucking hate it. I I really fucking hate it. Like it's just, and I I've seen so many like people that I absolutely love and who are so much fun are just mis like just the most miserable pieces of shit now because they're too deep into the political sphere and they won't like, they won't back out for their own like mental health. Like it just, it's just awful. Yeah, that's that's why I don't work in politics anymore. Um, you have to be like I I I also studied politics and I thought about getting into it, and I actually backed away because I realized like I ha- I'm not a heartless soulless piece of shit, yeah. so I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, my I, I finally looked around at everything and I went, you know what? I can't continue going through my life hating this much. I have and, to and stay who I am. I have to. So I pretty much, I pretty much would have to find the book. But there's a book I read in college that was very illuminating to what your congressmen are actually doing, and um, a lot of it involves drunk driving, um, a lot of co- coke hookers, <laughs> and sexually harassing interns of all, of all, all races, genders, sexual orientations, and you know all of that. Like, 
Um, that, that, and I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Like if you, if you, if you look up to like some politician, like of any political party, reevaluate your life because they're a fucking scumbag that are stealing from the people and are fucking mm. useless. And especially with the events of the last week, your fucking leadership is fucking useless. Like I, well, I'm sorry. Like I, I just have, I have a, I have a, I'm I'm letting too much of my personal politics out here. I just have a very, I've developed a very strong disdain for, for um, our I th- I would say an almost Mark Twain esque disdain for, the government. Ooh, that's the a good last reference. good reference. I, I'll like say twelve years of my no, sixteen years of my life. Well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say on that terrible disappointment, I think this is a good place for us to end and and steal a little bit from Top Gear because this this was this was you know uh, I'm Marty McFly stealing here a pretty heavy show tonight and it's a lot to get through and I don't know we're going to run ourselves in circles so. I want to say thank you all for joining us if you stuck with us this far. Yes, and I only heard Um, one siren. That's true. Only heard Mm. one siren. No helicopters, Uh, and I I don't think I've heard any flashbangs, Matt. No, that's from Quiet Tonight. That's good to hear. Um, So, you know, first of all, everybody out there, you know, stay safe. Watch out. um, Stay healthy. And, um, you know, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. Um, We've been three quarters, you're in the fourth, and we're going to catch you next time. We're going to talk about something more fun next time. Yeah, we might. We have, um, we're going to be doing some Global Wrestling Federation, maybe not next week, but it's coming up. I'm actually excited. We, what, um, we're just going to pick a random episode? I was going to do two. I was going to try and find, I was going to try and get one with a, a Sean Waltman, Jerry Lynn match. And then I was going to try and get mm. one with, um, I think I was going to try and get the one where the Patriot and, um, Scotty, the body wrestle, AKA Raven. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was shooting for. I've just got to dig and figure out which two episodes they are so I can get them uploaded. Okay. Well, that, that sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys. That's been our episode. We're going to see you guys next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And um, like I said, we'll see you next time.